This is the anthem of the adventurer. The show for men who are tired of forsaking their dreams, who are willing to risk, to dare greatly, and know in their soul that their desire for adventure is good. It's time to venture into the wild places in our hearts. Here's your host, Dan Sainer. Welcome to another episode of the Anthem of the Adventurer podcast. I'm your host, Dan Zayner, and this is the show for men who are looking to find the wild places in their lives. And today, we have an awesome guest with a passion for those wild places of the earth, their protection, and exploring them, especially in kitted out off-road vehicles. (laughs) Uh, We have Scott Luthold today, and he is a writer, a speaker, and an advocate for getting outdoors and rediscovering what Thoreau and John Muir and others like them called the divine music. I think you're really going to enjoy this one. All right. Um, and before I forget, how do you pronounce your last name? Luthold. Luthold. All right. So today we've got Scott Luthold, who I found through a meandering path of looking at Subaru Outbacks, as I want to do, <laughs> and found this great off-road modded outback that that scott has lovingly crafted and uh, looking forward to get to know you today scott man thanks for being here yeah thanks thanks for having me dan i appreciate it got a lot of good stuff to share so yeah let's be a good show let's let's dive right in now what, what what would you like to share with us well you know um i guess uh I mean, I've always been into adventure. I've always been into the outdoors ever since a little kid. My stepbrother, uh, who was much, much older than me, he traveled all over the world doing incredible adventures. He bicycled his, uh, he rode his bicycle across the country and then rode his bike up the Alaska highway and then kayak, you know, up in the sounds up there in the wintertime, really crazy stuff. And uh, he'd always come back with um, these amazing photographs and he put together a slideshow with with uh, his acoustic guitar and he'd always sit there and and the family would watch these epic you know adventures that this this guy went on and that really um, I guess set the course for who I was to become and uh, I did a lot of outdoor adventure uh, in high school things like mountain bike you know a lot of mountain biking and and distance road biking I did the ragbri uh, ride across Iowa three times in high school yeah 800 miles in seven days Jeez. yeah yeah and, uh, you know, and then as I, uh, as I graduated high school and got into college, I started doing a, a little bit more reading. I didn't read much in high school, you know. Started reading books by Thoreau and Emerson and John Muir and a little bit of That's Edward, awesome. Ab- Edward Abbey. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, there was a, sort of a unifying theme that I found uh, throughout Muir, um, Thoreau, and Emerson's books. They all talked about something that they experienced in nature called and most and all three of them actually uh referenced it as divine music Ooh, yeah and um it wasn't until much much later in my adulthood that i really started to understand what um or how i define divine uh divine music and um, that was through uh starting to understand vibration and frequency and uh, it turns out that in nature there's a frequency the 432 hertz frequency And uh, everything in nature that's living out there in nature vibrates at that frequency. And so do we. And so when you find yourself in an urban environment, 
um, with uh, you know bricks and mortar and concrete and all of that. Uh, it's not that we don't really vibrate at that frequency, but it's it becomes a little more muffled and muted in my from my perspective. And Plus so you get a he, bunch of sixty hertz electronic garbage in there. And <laughs> exactly, exactly, a lot of disturbance. And um, when you find yourself out in a, a remote wilderness in nature, you, you, you feel something, you know, you really sense something. And um, what I believe is happening is that we're, we're becoming more in tune with that frequency. We're, we're kind of coming back to our origins, right? And um, there's a harmony that exists out there in nature. And, and when you sit out there in a very peaceful, quiet space, and you just close your eyes and do some meditation or something like that, or just listen to the, the water trickling across the stream and the breeze blowing through the, um, the, the needles of the pine trees and things like that, hearing birds chirping and whatnot, you really start to uh, become more in tune with that and more in sync with that. And the longer you spend out there, the more peaceful it becomes. And all of the things that you're thinking about uh, for the first three or four days when you're out in wilderness, all this city, urban, societal responsibility stuff starts to just slowly dissipate and fade away until all that's left is you swinging in a hammock, you know, in the breeze. And um, that's, that's become a fundamental aspect of my purpose here. I, um, my father passed away back in 1996. Mm. And uh, I was, at the time, I was designing toys. I, had, I was director of product development for a toy company. No kidding. We making, yeah, yeah. We were making NASCAR products. We were making stuff for DreamWorks, Pixar, uh, you name it. And um, I think you're going to be the second toy designer we've had on this show. <laughs> is that right? Yeah, Chris Saturnio, whose episode will be coming out next week, he used to design some of the uh, the Star Wars toys for Galoob. <laughs> oh, I did some Star Wars stuff, yeah. That's yeah. interesting. Well, maybe you guys ran across each other back in the day. <laughs> I definitely remember the name Galoob, that's for sure. So, uh, yeah, so, um, you know, I was, I was deep in it, just like you. I, I, you know, had a, my son was born in 99. Uh, my father passed uh, in, well, excuse me. My father passed in 98. So my father passed one year before my son was born. Oh, man. Yeah, wasn't able to meet his grandpa. But nonetheless, um, and my dad, really, my dad and I really didn't have that close of a relationship for most of my adulthood. We were kind of separated when I was younger through a divorce and so on. And, and um, we started to reconnect just a year or two before he passed. And so when he passed, it really set me spiraling on this journey of, why am I here? What's my purpose here? Was my dad fulfilled in his life? Did he, did he feel um, happy? And, you know, had he gone out and done the things that he really wanted to do in his life? I know one of the things he always wanted to do was take a hot air balloon ride and he never did it, you know, so that really set me on a journey. And um, I ended up making a lot of big changes in my life. And uh, through that process, I started a website at the time, uh, which is still live, and it gets anywhere from 10,000 to uh, 20,000 visitors a day. It's called tokenrock.com. Wow. Yeah, and it's a self-help sort of spirituality-based organization site, and we started to go out and get contributors from all over the world that were scientists and theologians and things like that, and get them to come to the site and spend some time on it and contribute content. And haven't really worked on it much in the past couple of years, but it's still, it still does its thing. And then shortly after that, I decided that I was going to write a book. 
And so I wrote a book called Rediscovering Your Divine Music. Mm. And uh, the subheading, Find Harmony and Balance Through Inner Peace. And the whole concept, and when people first see it, they think it's about music. And, you know, it's not about the traditional sense of what music is. It's about what music really is, right? Yeah. Everything, everything is music. Everything is a sound. Everything vibrates and deforms through sound and vibration. And so we are all a part of that. And um, those vibrations, vibrations and frequencies, you know, cross over and mix and meld. And, and uh, that's what creates our reality, you know? So when I started to put together this concept of my spiritual purpose of inspiring people to um, not only go out there to, into the wilderness and experience that divine music, but also go inward, which is as epic of a journey oh, as, yeah. as going outward, right? You go inward and you start to really delve into all of your, your personal issues, your personal life traumas, childhood traumas you might have, your doubts that you have about yourself, all your belief systems, which I call BS, your belief systems. <laughs> and I got that from a good friend of mine named Sherry, who uh, uh, at the time I'd gone through a lot of different self-help type workshops and things like that. I went through Landmark Forum. I don't know if you've heard of that. I went through a thing called Quantum Pathic. And um, then I actually, uh, in the last couple of years, I went through an organization called the Mankind Project. I don't know if you've heard of that. That sounds familiar, but I'm not... Don't know yeah. about it exactly. So the Mankind Project is a fantastic organization for men. Uh, they, uh, they have an, uh, an event called the New Warrior Training Weekend. Cool. And, yeah, and men from all over the world go through these, these workshops. And I think there's been somewhere up in the neighborhood of 60,000 men around the world that have oh, wow. done it. Yeah. And uh, what's really amazing is I went to, when I, when I found out, I found out about from a good friend of mine named Randy and he invited me to this, uh, this weekly men's group and it's called the I group, the integration group. And it's, it's a mankind project, um, uh, workshop weekly, sort of weekly workshop. Mm -hmm. So I went to it and just, you know, listened to what they had to say and heard some of the guys talk about their lives and so on. And they all talked about this new warrior training weekend. So they encouraged me to go. So I went to the mountains of New Mexico and went through that, that weekend. And, uh, Dan, you wouldn't believe there were probably 30 men that went through the training, just like me, but there were probably about 130 volunteer men from around the world that flew in, drove in on their own dime to spend the entire weekend helping me and my fellow uh, participants go through the weekend. Wow. And I, I got to tell you, Dan, it was totally life-changing for me as an, as an adult male uh, looking for a place to, um, you know, to, to just sort of acknowledge and appreciate my masculinity, but also mm. not be afraid to be open and, and um, you know, more vulnerable and things like that. And I think that's so huge um, in this day and age. And, and we were talking offline before about uh, this, this group that I'm in the Dad Edge Alliance, where it's very similar, where we, you know, when you embrace vulnerability as not a weakness, but a strength and a superpower, and, right, and embrace right. that as part of authentic masculinity that is, is strong, but compassionate and it's dangerous, but you know, brings security. Right. Um, right. It's so empowering and freeing. I think that's one of the reasons they call it the new warrior training, because there's a difference between new warriors and old warriors, the old yeah. warriors, you know, they were protectors. They were, 
uh, you know, they were driven to go out there and conquer and, and um, you know, take on the world and, and really conquer the world. Whereas the new warriors are, you know, the, the concept is more about um, finding compassion and empathy and uh, supporting others and respecting the environment, respecting women, respecting uh, other, you know, uh, races and so forth. And, and being more of a steward to the planet, um, you know, protecting wildlife and, and whatnot. And it's not to say, and I don't disagree with hunting. I don't disagree with fishing and things like that. And I, if you watch some of my adventure videos on YouTube, you'll see that, you know, I've done some fishing and, and we eat the fish we catch, but, um, you know, there's definitely a difference between let's say, uh, overfishing or poaching or uh, things like that. And, and just, you know, catching a fish to eat for dinner. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah. It's just like anything. I mean, you, you develop and build and hone this, this weapon that when used properly can be used yeah. to, you know, get food and, and provide for your family and, and provide security, but when used improperly can cause great harm. <laughs> right. Right. And you know, it's interesting you say that the token rock uh, project, I've never taken a dime out of that company. Uh, it's, it's been running since 2007 and every penny of it rolls back into itself to, um, to help support the initiative. And the initiative is to help more people in a sense, I don't want to use this, this, this term's kind of um, cliche these days, but awaken, right? But uh, open up to who they truly are, really acknowledge um, uh, that, that true path of honor that they, they, you know, they'd like to take throughout life to um, sort of connect with, with their identity of who they truly are, right? and um, sort of uh, let go of the belief systems that aren't, aren't serving them and embrace new belief systems being, being open to uh, other ideas of, of the ways of the world, uh, you know, letting other people share ideas with them and, and being able to mull over those ideas and, and having the ability to either say, yes, I agree with that. Uh, I will acknowledge that and I'll accept that as part of uh, who I am. Or say no, I don't really necessarily agree with that, and and be be okay with saying no, that's not a part of who I am, you yeah. know. So, yeah, uh, that's great. It is, yeah. And um, you know, I'm a creative person. I'm a designer. I've been designing for 27 years. Uh, I designed. I had my own. Uh, I, after the toy business, I went into the dot com boom. Worked as a creative director for a couple dot coms, and then I uh, started my own company. Um, doing creative services for companies and I ended up becoming a brand developer and I developed brands for yeah, maybe you heard of LifeLock I developed their entire brand from the ground up oh wow uh, Isogenics International which is a big health supplement company I designed mm -hmm. their brand from the ground up and I did those under my own business and over the course of about 15 years of doing that and having success in doing that I started to lose interest in creating things for other people yeah and the best work I've ever created is the work that I've created for my own uh, initiatives. And that's primarily because um, I'm free to be as creative as I want to be without having somebody else give me, you know, some boundaries. Well, things like token rock come out of that. And like I said, 10,000 visitors a day from around the world are visiting that site. And uh, the next project after that, that uh, I created, which is probably even more true to my heart is, is for expedition which is where the, you find the Subaru Outback. And really for me, the Subaru Outback is designed to get me to where I wanna go um, the most conveniently, the most comfortably, and um, the most efficiently, right? Yeah, 
it's not going to break your spine getting there. Like, <laughs> yeah. Or your pocketbook or your right? pocketbook. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, before that I had three Rubicons. Um, I've had adventure trailers that have pulled behind those. Uh, a lot of different things I'm looking at maybe building a Subaru, excuse me, a, um, a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter camper four by four soon. Yeah, want to do that? Yep. Let me show you what's on my dash, my computer <laughs> okay. desktop background here, real quick, because uh, I think you're gonna dig this. So, <laughs> <laughs> right in the middle there, we've got a, a green off-road oh, modified go. Sprinter van. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That is my I dream car. Nice. That thing's beautiful. Yeah, I found that. Uh, uh, well. I found the blue version of that on Instagram and then Photoshopped it, but uh, maybe by a company <laughs> called Nomad Vans that I'm sure I'm going to connect with at some point. <laughs> yeah. I um, You know, the first time I ever found an off-road 4x4 camper was in Outside Magazine back in probably 2008 or something like that. They were doing an expose on a clothing line, and they had taken some of these vans down to the Baja, and they did this photo sh uh, shoot with this clothing on these models. But in the background, I didn't care about the clothing. Oh, yeah. or the model. In the background, I saw this campfire and there was a sportsmobile parked next to a campfire. And I couldn't, I had to zoom in on the picture. I took a, a photograph of the picture in the magazine. I zoomed in on it and I was able to read sportsmobile. And I, what the heck is that thing? So I looked up sportsmobile and um, found, uh, found at the time they were doing the 40, 350, extended vans with uh, Quigley off-road packages and things like that on them. But, uh, you know, then the Sprinter really started to take shape. And for years now, I've been wanting to build one, but I always get diverted to something else. And uh, I, built the, I built the Subaru because I wanted an off-road vehicle, but I also wanted a vehicle that I could use to commute in the city. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's, it's definitely done that for me. And even with How the does that compare to like, you know, your, your Rubicons and your other things that you've had off-road, like, what what percentage of places can you get to with the Subaru that you you know obviously you can get anywhere on the planet with a Rubicon but like practically how close can you get while still being comfortable and efficient? Yeah, well, the, one of the most recent videos I created was um, took the Subaru Outback over Engineers Pass in Colorado, which is about twelve thousand some feet in elevation. Well, wow. going up going up from Silverton, Colorado, up to uh, up to Engineers Pass. It was rough, but it wasn't, wasn't that bad. Coming down off of Engineers Pass on uh, County, I think it's County Road 18 into Uray, Colorado, was a pretty gnarly thing. And um, we had to spend a lot of time negotiating and finding the right line um, to drive down, sometimes even building up rock piles to get, you know, to get the car <laughs> down off of, off of spots. Whereas with the Rubicon, you'd just be buzzing right down that, right? You'd still be cautious about knocking something on the underside and and I have skid plates under the Subaru. Um, and I've, you know, I've got a two inch lift on that vehicle plus the off-road tires give it a little bit more height. And um, there were a couple times when uh, we had to really do some careful negotiating. And then there was this one place that uh, we wanted to go up to this old mine and the Subaru just couldn't make it. There were probably foot and a half size boulders and I oh, wasn't willing to, to, you know, risk a $35,000, car with uh, only a you know only a two three inch lift on it so yeah but um you know other times i've taken my rubicon down that same trail and i even let my son at the time who was 12 drive the jeep down some of these paths <laughs> yeah That's and awesome. uh, yeah and it, it it was fine so um i definitely i definitely found the threshold for the subaru on that trip so but you know most That's people cool. 
that are doing overlanding aren't really doing that kind of crawly rock crawling kind of stuff. They're, they're doing forest roads that might get a little rough here and there. And you just have to do a slow negotiation, maybe have some, some um, traction boards that you can put underneath in case you get stuck in sand or you have to cross over a little, a little wash uh, rut in the road or something like that. But for the most part, it's, it's really done a great job for me. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's like my vision of my, my next car is to have something like that, that, you know, I could, I've got 2.7 kids as of, as of this recording <laughs> and uh, actually probably closer to 2.9. But anyway, to, to bring the kids out to some old forest roads, I mean, we don't have like rock crawling stuff in Indiana really. Um, but, uh, and still be able to take it to my commute. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, it goes from being in a weekend adventure vehicle to a city driving comfortable car that, um, you know, if I had to pick up a, a client from the airport, it's got a nice interior with leather interior and it's a nice car, right? And it rides nice. And um, at the end of the day, everybody that I uh, come in contact with that sees that vehicle just always wants to stop and talk to me about it. Oh, so yeah. Obviously, people really like it. And it makes a lot of sense. You know, I've gotten to the point in my life, Dan, where I'm all about utility, <laughs> right? Uh, I live in Scottsdale, Arizona, and, and you see Lamborghinis and Bentleys and Ferraris and Porsches and everything else. And I look at these cars and I'm not impressed. I used to be impressed. I'm not impressed anymore because I think to myself, what can that thing do? What does it do? And they say, you know, somebody says, well, it drives fast. Well, okay. But what's when it you're do? On the track. <laughs> yeah. yeah but what's it do? Exactly. So um, this vehicle, the vehicles that I drive these days are vehicles that I can get to places that, that just are awe inspiring and are inspiring you know, not just inspiring for me, but if I create content around those experiences, inspire lots of other people. And so really these vehicles are about getting me to places where I can create things, you know, create, create meaningful content to inspire other people. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. And I, I'd like to pick your brain a little bit on how you pick those places. And, and when you get there, what's your thought process behind that content? What, what, yeah, so that's an interesting thing because right now I have nothing planned from today on, right? I'm in a place in my life where I don't have, I mean, I have businesses, I run businesses, and I'm a partner in a couple of businesses and things like that. But uh, as far as what I do in my personal life, it's pretty much day to day now because I don't, I, I, I crossed a finish line, to, so to speak, in May when my son graduated high school. And he's still, I'm still nurturing him with his mom and, uh, you know, we're getting him into college and I'm still there for him all the time, of course. Uh, but I'm, I'm more free now than I was before. And so I'm, I'm living more day to day. And so when you ask me, you know, how do I pick places? A lot of times I don't pick places until the day I'm going there. Right. And um, sometimes I've even gotten in the car. Uh, in fact, if you just watched the, that, the Overland over uh, engineers pass uh, video on my YouTube channel, you'll see that the day that I left, I didn't even know where I was going. I thought maybe I'd go to Southern New Mexico, but I ended up in Colorado. So uh, I have that ability to have that free flow right now in my life, which I really love. However, I am planning some epic journeys also. One thing I've never really done is I've never gone on an international journey by myself. Oh, and, really? Uh, yeah, and I really want to do something like maybe um, backpack some of the fjords in New Zealand oh, cool. or, or maybe go on some epic spiritual journey to Bhutan or, or to, you know, Nepal or to, you know, something like that. Yeah. So I'm thinking about 
putting something like that together for next year. Have you thought about shipping that Subaru to Africa and driving across Africa in it? <laughs> I haven't, but that's a good idea. That is a good idea. I've been talking with a friend of mine who's uh, um, doing some missionary and agricultural work in Rwanda, and he's been talking about buying a Subaru. I'm like, hmm, it'd be interesting for you guys to meet up if you were ever to <laughs> go across there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I think that thing can go pretty much anywhere. As long as you have like I said, some traction boards to uh, get yourself unstuck from some sand. Uh, it is all wheel drive. It's, you know, it's, um, it's pretty powerful as far as uh, getting through mud and dirt. Yeah, you've got the 3.6, right? Three, uh, yeah. I decided I had to have that if I wanted to put off-road tires on it because be commuting in the city, entering onto a freeway that's really busy, you want to be able to have a good pickup and get up and go. So yeah. it made sense to me to just spend the extra bucks and be able to add the accessories to it and the extra weight wouldn't necessarily slow the engine down. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, um, so, so planning right now in my life is pretty, pretty spontaneous, except for if I'm planning something really, really big. Uh, I've been, to, I've been to a lot of places around the world. Uh, I just never been there alone. I, I backpacked the Amazon basin of Brazil cool. uh, with someone, with a friend I've, I've been to Belize, backpack Belize and Guatemala a couple of times. Oh, those are beautiful places. Been to, yeah, I've been to Europe once, but I've uh, never been to New Zealand. So I think that's probably where I'm going to go. There's, uh, uh, it's called Milford Sound. There's, uh, it's one of the, they call them, in, in New Zealand, they call them the Great Walks. And there's, I, I don't know how many they have, but there's maybe 10, 15, 20 Great Walks. And they're these, these epic expedition type journeys that you take through these fjords and that sort of thing so that seems to be on my uh on my radar something like that so that sounds amazing and i can't wait to see that content that you're going to create while you're out there <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's a it's a real special time to do that and i'm finding more and more that i like to spend time in wilderness alone um, just to be able to settle down and get get in get in that harmony with with the, the vibration out there and just the you know, just, just the, the vibe of, of the wildlife and the wind and the rain and everything else, you know? And so that's just a big part. And I do a lot of, I mean, I hike, I backpack, I uh, do stand up paddleboard expeditions, multi-day uh, canoeing. I just got back from a 70 mile canoe trip in the boundary waters last week nice. uh, with some guys. And, um, and I've been putting together really nice videos now. And I, I love telling stories. I loved writing my book and um, there's a lot of stories in that book. And uh, now I'm kind of shifting to this new type of content, video content, and, and sitting back and as I'm, as I'm going along, kind of putting the story together in my mind and creating little, you know, ca catching and capturing little snippets of content to say, oh, I, wanna, I want people to feel what, this, what it's like sitting in this canoe and watching the rippling water come off the edge of the canoe and creating a wake across, you know, glass water, that kind of thing, you know, and mm -hmm. it really feels right to me to do that. That's a really cool way of thinking about it. Um, do you kind of think about, you know, these, all these trips in that way of like the environment that you want to create in yourself and in, in the audience once you're, you're finished with it? Yeah. I think it's um, when I'm, when I'm catching a 10 second snippet, even let's say I see a, an Eagle come down and on the water, or if, if it's just something, watching rain droplets on a, on a lake in, the, in a storm and catching that thunder. I'm not only thinking, I, I mean, I'm, I'm experiencing it. And there's times I don't catch the film. It's almost like that Walter Mitty uh, scene 
you know, have you ever seen that movie Walter Mitty where uh, Sean, <laughs> Sean Penn's up on a cliff and he's, he's shooting this uh, snow cat and um, the snow cat comes out of a crevasse and, uh, and Walter Mitty says, aren't you going to take the picture? And Sean Penn says, you know, sometimes I don't, sometimes I just, I just let it, you know, I just enjoy the scene myself. And I do that sometimes too, but when I do capture content to, to be shared, I'm always thinking about how it's going to make someone feel when they're coming home on a Tuesday night after work and they sit down on their couch and maybe they're happy in their life. Maybe they're not, maybe they're just overwhelmed. Maybe they got little kids and the kids just finally went to bed and they're going to sit down and relax on the couch for a minute. And if they put on YouTube, (laughs) yeah, it's not just about feeding their, their desire for adventure. It's about helping them find a little bit of, peace and solace and solitude inside themselves at that moment right this is crazy that is exactly what i was looking for like so like last time i ever put the kids to bed (laughs) (laughs) like you know scrolling through netflix with my wife like oh what what can we watch that's like you know somewhat mindless but not going to be you know just garbage right right (laughs) you can find something like that (laughs) yep i'd like people to feel like they're they're on the journey And, and if i can get the journey done in an hour or less uh, even though it took me seven days, uh, but they felt like they went on a journey between their, you know, work during the day and putting the kids to bed and sitting down to relax for a little bit and maybe uh, putting their arm around their partner or something on the couch and feeling like they, they got something out of it. Not just watching an adventure, but feeling that, that enjoyment that I had out there and kind of letting that, letting that uh, radiate into their being from mine. I think that's that's a big part of my purpose in doing this. That's great. Yeah, yeah. So you you mentioned you know Muir and Thoreau and Emerson who who I love and you know are we're all buddies with my kind of spirit animal Teddy Roosevelt. Um, Uh Do you have any other sources of inspiration uh, that you're drawing from these days? Yeah, I do. And in fact, um, just before I, I share that, I do have. My, my name is Sequoia Hawk with open eyes. So wow. at, at the new warrior training weekend, you end up uh, naming yourself and it's based on a number of uh, different factors. And so mine is Sequoia Hawk with open eyes. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as far as inspiring uh, inspiration goes, I mean, I do watch a lot of other um, YouTube channels of other people that are creating content. There's some really great stuff out there. Uh, and, um, I mean, I'm not friends with Sean James per se, but there's a guy named Sean James that has one called my self-reliance. Hmm. He, he basically, if you start it from the beginning, he builds a log home out in the forest without any electricity with his own bare hands by himself. Holy and cow. I've sat, Dan, I've sat in front of my television at night at times and I don't have, I, I didn't have a television for seven years. I finally got one to watch some movies and things. And I started getting it on YouTube and I found, um, I found his channel and I would sit for an hour and he wouldn't even say anything. He'd just sit there and work on building, building part of his cabin and you just watch it and it's very peaceful and relaxing. And I thought, you know what, that's really great that somebody's out there creating that kind of uh, experience for me to, to be able to glean something from and learn something but also feel peaceful after I come home from a long day's work. And so I, I watch a number of YouTube channels. I also read a number of books. Um, 
and uh, there's a there's a book that I just finished reading called um, uh, gosh what's it called um, Voluntary Simplicity. Ooh. It's a real good book. It's kind of a spiritual book, but it's also uh, uh, utilitarian in a, in a way. And um, this gentleman interviews a number of different people and it, it was a real good book. And then, you know, I read other spiritual texts and things. I do a lot of journaling still with a pencil. I actually own a journaling software site called True Journal, but I don't even really use it a whole lot myself anymore. And I don't really like to journal on, in front of a computer anymore. I like to write something on paper. Yeah. And, uh, you know, out in nature, Just if I can. Something about, you know, that physical <laughs> writing down on paper. <laughs> right. It, it is. And, you know, um, and, and that's a good segue to talk about. After I came out with the book, I, I actually wrote an e-course called 28 Ways to, to Rediscover Your Divine Music. And cool. um, so that kind of leads nicely into sort of exercises that, uh, that you can do. So I've got a 28-day course. And I'm always, I mean, I'm willing to share that with anybody who wants it for free. I mean, I was, I was selling it at one time for about $80 and uh, oh, wow. I, I'm more That's interested awesome. in people. Yeah. And in, in in, I'm more interested in people um, obtaining it and putting it into practice. And mm -hmm. so there's, there's 28 basically exercises in there. Um, and uh, it's, it's designed to help someone who's not an outdoor adventurer who's, who's afraid of the wilderness, afraid of nature, um, doesn't go out into nature by themselves, uh, but would like to get more in touch with, with their surround natural surroundings. And I start with real, real simple things like just going to, um, you know, going to the store and buying a, a pot and some soil and a flower and planting that flower or taking a walk. And, and instead of just taking a walk, being really, really hyper observant to, to, very, very small details, whether it's an anthill or it's, um, you know, the breeze is blowing through, uh, you know, some, some maple tree leaves or something like that. And the leaves are falling, just being really, really, and, and maybe going up to a, a maple leaf and really looking at it, seeing this, the, the pattern and the spines and the sacred geometry of it, you know, the, the Fibonacci sequence uh, um, of life. And that's uh, been a really neat piece added to the, the book because in the book I talk about doing these kinds of things and in the e-course I basically let people experience them and, and on their own timeline you know there's no there's no set timeline but it gets a little more progressive as you go along through the weeks the, it's basically four weeks and um, toward the end there's an experience where uh, you can basically go sit in nature somewhere and, and you journal you know you write some things about about uh, what you're feeling and thinking and, and really observing and trying to close your eyes and allow, allow the, the breeze to not flow around you, but the breeze to literally flow through you, you know? Mm. That is awesome. And I can't <laughs> wait to dive into that. <laughs> yeah. I'll be happy to send you a copy. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> My if, pleasure. And if you're, you're up for it, we'll put it in the show notes and, and have some other people enjoy it. And absolutely. Hopefully More share their experiences with you more the merrier. In fact, um, I feel like, you know, we all need to make money in life, right? That's just the way society works. We have our societal roles, but at the end of the day, um, if you really look at the world and everything around you and, and everyone around you all being a part of who you are, then really you have a much, much more, um, instrumental role to play in helping people grow, um, 
beyond their limitations and, mm. and expand and become who they truly are meant to be here and live with true purpose. Because you know what, at the, when it's, when it's all said and done, if they're living their purpose, you're going to benefit from that, you know? Absolutely. That is so true. It's something I've been uh, getting some really good insights on lately from a couple of uh, coaches that I work with. And it's, that's great. It's so helpful. Um, I'll have to introduce you to him that you, you just get a kick out of meeting them. Uh, Larry Yatch and his wife, Ann are just two of the most amazing people on this planet. He's a retired Navy SEAL and she's basically the female equivalent of a Navy SEAL. <laughs> nice. They are on a mission to produce people at, through you know, training them in systems and processes about how to live this exceptional and uncompromised life. And they've got a very similar mindset that you're talking about it where it's just getting on fire for helping people realize their, their true purpose. And it's, it's yeah. really, really great. <laughs> yeah. And along the way you get to build your own, create your own story. You know, you're creating an epic. I feel like the way I'm living my life these days is I'm creating an epic story, right? Yeah. If I'm going to leave a legacy, the legacy doesn't have to, it can be, it can be millions and millions of dollars. It doesn't have to be though. You can leave a legacy and uh, a footprint um, on, on the world in a very, very positive way that is much, much more meaningful than, than deep pockets. Yeah. Right? And that's a really good thing to point out. And I actually want to dive a little bit deeper on that about what for you, like, what do you want your, your sons, your wife, your closest friends to say about you after you're gone? Well, you know, it's funny. My, um, I asked my son one time, you know, how he would, what he liked about me. Right. And he's actually, it was a friend of mine. I was in the room and, and we were all talking about it. And a friend actually asked him and he said, I, my dad does what he wants to do. And I asked my mom one time, what was one word she could use to describe me? And she, uh, I think it was resilience or something like that. Uh, determination or, you know, one of those words, I can't remember exactly what word she chose, but uh, determined was probably the word. And, you know, I've, I've just lived by, there, there's something inside me that when something's not right, I, it, I just can't let it, I can't let it stay there. Right. So if I feel like I'm not going down the right path, I can do it for a while, but eventually it just, you know, if I'm, if I'm working for a company, I don't believe in the, in the values of, or something like that. Eventually I just, I have to leave. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or if I have a friend um, and, and I'm always, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, like I said, compassionate, compassionate. I try to be pretty empathetic. Um, but sometimes you come across, uh, people who really just, they don't vibrate well with you. Right. And, um, I, you know, we're, we all judge and I try not to judge, um, because I don't want to be judged. Right. But, uh, I try not to judge and I just, I try to say, okay, well, we're just not right for each other and let's just move on to something else. And, um, and, but, but acknowledge the fact that they are who they are. And they are a part of me, no matter what I, no matter what I wish to think, they are ultimately a part of me and some aspect of me or some reflection of me. And um, if, if you, if you can really look at that person that you're having adversity with and you say to yourself, you know, what is, what is coming up for me inside me about this person and what can I look at to resolve that or to, to rectify that or to acknowledge it or something like that. I think, um, we're all, we're all going to be much better for that and, and be less judgmental and be, be less 
be less angry and mean toward one another when, when somebody doesn't agree with us, mm. you know, so, or we don't agree with somebody else. Yeah. That is a, a really powerful mindset and, and it, it's really kind of awesome. Like we're really similar in that way. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do trying and, you know, not always good at it to do similar ways of, of thinking about, you know, recently had a, you know, a friendship that I, I hope doesn't end, but it might just based on, we kind of go our different ways. Um, and, and hope, you know, just try and realize like, Oh, you know what? I've got a lot of stuff I need to work on. And maybe that's just a sign that I need to work on some things before we can, you know, be, be close again. And, um, and that's okay. Yeah. yeah. And maybe this separation for this period of time will allow both of you to grow in a certain way that allows you to be able to gel yeah. again sometime, someday in the future. And I felt that way, you know, I've had uh, female partners that um, the relationship didn't last. And, and at times I wished it had. And um, I think to myself, well, we're going to go our separate ways and either we're both going to grow from this and grow uh, more independent from one another, or we're going to grow in ways that, um, that bring us back together. And if, if that happens, great. If it doesn't, well, then that's the way it was meant to be. And uh, you know, there's still, you know, there's still relationships in my life and my family in that, that um, you know, I have challenges with at times. Uh, but I, I try to uh, have empathy and, and be sympathetic to their, their personal situations and, and um, you know, whether it's addictions or whether it's uh, some kind of pains or sorrows or depression or something like that somebody's experiencing and um, try not to be judgmental yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's great, man. This is, this has been just an awesome conversation. I can't wait to get to uh, know you better and, and uh, <laughs> keep in touch over, you know, social media and everything else. And hopefully uh, someday our paths will cross in person. <laughs> well, you know, Dan, I really love, I really love what you're doing. I, I listened to a number of the podcasts when you contacted me and, and um, like I said, uh, it ties in pretty well with some of the things I've been through as far as like um, MKP mankind project. And mm. again, I'm, I'm not affiliated with mankind project. I don't, I don't, I'm not, you know, I don't get paid for anything. I, I just, I love what they're doing. I love when people like you, uh, start to use their ingenuity and their creativity to, to inspire people and to sort of broadcast like you are uh, ideas and beliefs that other people have so that I can listen in and say, Oh, do I agree with that? Do I not agree with that? And maybe that'll help expand my consciousness. You know? Yeah. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that, man. Yeah. And um, as, as we close here, I was wondering if you could give out a challenge to me in the audience, something we can do, in this next week to incorporate some more adventure in our lives. Maybe it's from those, you know, that 28 day uh, <laughs> book or maybe it's something else you thought of, but I just love to be challenged by you. Yeah. You know, there's, um, I went on this adventure a while back. I went on a stand up paddleboard multi-day expedition and I went by myself. And um, I remember there was a guy that commented on the YouTube video about it saying, wow, you know, I would be, I would be terrified to go out into the wilderness and camp by myself in a tent. Right. And, you know, I've had my, I've had my share of things like bears and things come through my camp. Right. So I get it. I get, I get why people might feel that way. Um, you know, pushing, pushing the envelope of your comfort is, is probably a, a really powerful way to get to know yourself better. Right. And that might not be a major challenge. It might be a, a minor challenge, but instead of, instead of going out in nature, my challenge is going to be more internal. Right. Because I believe that, 
the next frontier is inside, inside mm. us, right? So if you can be an adventurer and go inward and um, tap into some hidden place in your mind where you have a fear and not just, I'm not saying necessarily physically face a fear. Let's say you're afraid of heights where you should go and stand on a cliff. I'm not saying that, but to sit quietly somewhere, uh, preferably outside, preferably in a quiet space outside where you can literally close your eyes and if the breeze is blowing, start to flow with it. Feel like you're moving with the trees and the grass and flow with it. And, and go deep into your mind, into that place, in that dark space where you feel you have a fear or you have a childhood trauma or something that uh, adversely affects you yet today, which we call the child adult ego, right? It's a, it's a point in your life as a child, maybe where something adversely influenced you and uh, part, of your, uh, part of your, I guess, maturity stopped there. Right? So if you could go into that space in your mind and face that experience and say to yourself, you know, that's not who I am, mm. right? That's not who I am today, right? That might've been a part of my story in the past. It might be a part of the fabric of my life, but that's not who I am starting today. This experience no longer serves me and I want to get beyond that. And I'm going to start living my life today. Like that wasn't a part of, you know, my adulthood that's what I would challenge people to do. And if it's, if it's in nature, that'd be great. Right. Uh, maybe even sit down with a piece of paper. Cause a lot of people don't journal, just get one piece of paper out and write a full page about what you're feeling and thinking uh, about that experience sitting out there in nature, if you can, or if you can't, even if it's in your bedroom at, at uh, 10 o'clock at night and the kids are in bed sleeping. Uh, or if you're, if you're married, you can go into a spare bedroom or something like that. And it's a quiet space by yourself. So that's what mm -hmm. I would encourage people to do. That is awesome. And I'm really looking forward to embracing that. And yeah. if, and if anybody wants to share what they learned through that, it would be really amazing. And we'll be sure to pass that along to you. And, um, that yeah, I would really love to hear that fact of this, this challenge. Yep. So if anybody wants to take us, take up Scott on his challenge, you can shoot him a message, shoot me a message on Facebook, or you can join our community the anthem of the adventure tribe and post it in there if you're up for it there's a little over 100 people in there so that might be a little bit bigger of a forum for this type of challenge than you want but uh you know what and you know, <laughs> and you know if, you, if you really want a little bit of inspiration uh you know please you know visit visit the youtube channel um i don't monetize it it's just it's just something i'm passionate about i love sharing and inspiring people and and letting them experience the adventures. That's just four expedition. It's number four and then expedition without an E. So X P E D T I O N. Awesome. Yeah, we'll be sure to put links to all of that in the show notes. And I'm looking forward to looking up some more of those videos tonight <laughs> when I'm sitting on the couch with a cup of tea and next to my wife. And <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's about it. That's right. Do that. And in fact, there's a, an early video that you should, you should watch. It's um, it's a short video, but it's me just giving a commentary when I'm on a, a hike in the winter in northern Arizona out in the snow and uh, I get philosophical in there and start talking about my own life and uh, some of the things that I'm planning on doing with my life going forward and so it's sort of like that same experience going out into wilderness instead of writing I put it on I put it on video so cool yeah well, I'll let you know what you think of it <laughs> yeah yeah dude <laughs> really great to meet you Dan yeah good to meet you too Scott thanks so much and uh, looking forward to connecting with you in the future and I uh, hope you have a great rest of the day you as well. You as well. Take care. Take care. All right.
listening to today's episode of the Anthem of the Adventurer. Please leave us a review in iTunes. Those are the lifeblood of the new podcast, and we really appreciate those. If you want to continue the conversation around this episode and engage with your fellow adventurers on our weekly challenge, 